you know, Mike, he's crazy, but Mike is going to give you the shirt off his back. Mike is going to look out for you. Mike is going to take care of you. Mike is a good father to his kids. Mike is a good husband to his wife. Um, Mike was a good friend to me. I want to be remembered as someone that made a difference. <laughs> Fruition. The point at which a plan or project is realized. Obtainment of anything desired. Realization. Accomplishment. What it do? It's your boy, Mike B. Mike Bundy, Mr. Opinionated, Mr. Controversy from Port Arthur, Texas, deep west side, baby, living in Houston, Texas. I've been in Houston since 2004, so I feel like I'm a Houstonian now, so I can claim that. DJ, mixtape host, part-time podcaster, father, husband, full-time worker. I have a lot on my plate. Being creative to me basically means stepping outside of the box and not being afraid to do you. Whatever comes to your mind, whatever's on your heart, not being afraid to explore different things and try new things. You know, I feel like a lot of people halt their creativity because they're worried about what the next person may think or they may be too busy, just want to blend in and be with everybody else or do what everybody else is doing. I feel like, you know, when you own your own creativity, you can't lose. Oh. <sighs> Man, this chapter of my life is called, ah, uh, that's what it's called, ah, uh, that's how I wake up and feel. 90% of the time, it's just like, ah, uh, you know, I'm uh, 34 years old, like I said, be 35 in December. I still feel young, but I know I'm getting up there, but honestly, it feels like I'm still at a point in my life where I don't have it all figured out. So, yeah, honestly, sometimes I wake up and I'm just like, ah, uh, so... The hardest lesson that I feel like that I've learned so far in my life is not to set expectations for people, not even, you know, your own kids or your own family, spouse. I know that may sound a little crazy, but what I mean by that is a lot of times we get disappointed in life when we expect a person to act a certain way, be a certain way and do certain things that we see fit in our mind, but it may not be fit to them. And we have to accept people for who they are. Perfect example is, you know, like with my kids, I have a 14 year old and I have a six year old. Now, I do expect them to do basic life things, go to school, do the right thing, listen to the teacher, listen to their parents, listen to their peers. But um, I don't have an expectation of them to grow up and be what I want them to be. I want them to grow up and be who they are. I can't expect my children to grow up and be the person that I am, because if that's what I'm expecting, when they grow up and be a totally different person, I'm going to be in for a big disappointment. Just letting people be them and not having an expectation of what you feel like a person should be. I think the best thing about me is I have a real pure heart. I am a little crazy at times. People that follow my social media, that been following my social media, they can see that. You know, I get a little crazy at times. But at the end of the day, I've always been the person to give anybody the shirt off my back, you know, whether I know you or not. I'm an only child. I grew up an only child. I didn't have the siblings to learn how to love, but I still obtain love from, you know, cousins, family members and you know, believe it or not, being the only child actually makes you want to love harder because you're looking for that love. You know, it, it, it doesn't come natural as to someone that has siblings. So by me being kind of a loner, I look to love people because I want to receive that same love back. First of all, where I come from, I come from Port Arthur. It's not nothing glamorous out there. And I lived in the projects. I lived in the hood. And the stigma in the projects, of course, just like anywhere in America, is that there's a lot of single parent mothers, you know, the father is not around. So I was one of the lucky ones to still have my mother and father in the same household. My father, to me, is my role model to this day because my father, as far as I can remember, he's always held down two or three jobs or a job and two or three side hustles just to make ends meet 
and just buy me the things that I wanted and provide for the household. And so is my mother. My mother did the same thing. So I had two loving working parents. They did a damn good job in raising me. Same thing with my grandparents. For maybe maybe two years, I did stay with my grandmother due to a situation with my father and my mother or whatever. And my grandmother, before she passed away, she passed away when I was maybe 12. My grandmother was real tough. But, you know, I understand now that I'm grown, some of the things that she would tell me and some of my other cousins why she would tell us these things, you know, as a kid, we would think, oh, she's just being mean or, you know, grandma mean as hell. But she was really preparing us for life. And like I said, she passed away when I was 12. So she didn't really get to see none of the accomplishments that I made. And I know that she would have been proud. And my other grandmother, my mom's mom, she was the same way. You know, she lived in Beaumont. Um, I didn't really get to see her as much as I saw my dad's mom. But whenever I would see her, she always gave me the love. She gave me the knowledge and she told me things that at the time I probably didn't want to hear. But now that I'm grown and older, I can appreciate everything that she told me because it's all making sense to how I live my life right now now as a man. Very young Mike, I was real shy. I wasn't talkative. I kind of stayed to myself in my own bubble, in my own box. As I grew older and started to learn different things and see different things, I kind of opened up a little bit more. By the time I got to high school, just like everybody else, I wanted to be the cool kid. I wanted to be the popular kid. So I would start doing things that I knew necessarily wasn't right. Just honestly wanting to fit in so bad, you know, I did whatever it took. You know, I won't go into details on some of the things that I did, but, you know, people started to notice the change in who I was. Some of the change was for the better and some of it wasn't for the better. Music has always been in my blood, so I started DJing parties in high school, so that's how I kind of got my name out there and became a little popular because, you know, I, I've always been Mike the DJ. Um, I played basketball. As I transitioned to college, I really became more open because I started seeing things in Houston that I didn't see in Port Arthur. You know, different type of women and parties and stuff like that, stuff that I wasn't really doing back home. So that's when I really just bust out my shell. I'm not Rico Suave, but I'm not the ugliest dude out there. Girls started to pay attention to me a little bit more. So, you know, that kind of went to my head. So then it just it just took off from there. By the time I was a, a sophomore or a junior in college, uh, it was on and popping. You couldn't tell me nothing. Here we are today like i say the opinionated mic i say what i want i say what i feel i've actually toned down a little bit because i used to be a whole lot worse probably 2005 2006 2007 man i you know uh i used to get blocked on facebook by everybody i used to get blocked on twitter by everybody i used to have people that want to come to the campus and fight me because i used to just say the most outrageous stuff and didn't care about how people felt but I've toned that down over the years, you know, uh, me having my children, that kind of calmed me down and, and it made me see life in a different perspective of how I need to present myself and how I need to look to other people and start looking more like a role model than just pretty much an asshole. <laughs> I started DJing. Like I said, I've always had a love for music since I was pretty much a baby. What me and one of my homies used to do. We had a tape deck. What we used to do, I used to pretend that I was a mixtape DJ. He was a rapper. We would record songs from 97.9, and I would make little bootleg mixtapes. Um, it was horrible, man. I, I think I still have one. I transferred it to CD. I'm a young kid, don't have no bass in my voice. I'm screaming all on the mic, but I was determined that I was going to grow up and be one of the biggest mixtape DJs in the world. I transitioned from, you know, the little small tape decks. My mom bought me a computer, so I, then I started downloading, you know, little DJ software. And like I mentioned earlier, I started DJing little high school parties and, you know, little kickbacks and stuff back in uh and put out in high school. With me doing those things, I just transitioned from doing that to coming to college and doing parties. 
Didn't have any equipment. I'm still doing everything off the computer, but my skills developed to where I kind of was comfortable doing it in front of a large crowd. So I did, you know, parties in Greystone and block parties and stuff like that. And how I transitioned from that into making beats is just, it was just an easy process, an easy transition. Linked up with somebody else from uh, PV that was making beats and he started teaching me the process. And so I fell in love with making beats. So then I started focusing on, you know, making beats and, you know, trying to, Give, I was really giving beats away to different people. As far as the podcasting, I've actually had a little mini TV series back in 2009. It is still on my Facebook page. It was called Don't Piss Me Off. I would do videos of random things, and it was little silly things, but random things that we all go through in life that I know nine times out of ten that will piss us off. You can still see those videos on my Facebook today. I would recommend you don't go watch them because I was a whole lot skinnier. I was bony. I cringe when I watch them. That was called the Don't Piss Me Off TV series. And it was actually popular. I got a lot of shares on Facebook. I had people hitting me up saying they wanted to be a part of episodes. Kind of, you know, put that to a halt for maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, something like that. Then I started podcasting again a couple of years ago when I don't want to say I'm a follower, but when I started seeing, you know, how podcasting became more of the standard and I know that I had a lot to say, I kind of wanted to give it another shot. So me and one of my homegirls, uh, Sharice, shout out Sharice, we started the um, I'm Just Asking podcast. And from there, I transitioned back to the Don't Piss Me Off podcast, which I turned it from, like I said, a video series just straight to a standard podcast, which all of these episodes can be found on my Spotify. Right now, I'm still doing a little bit of each. I still DJ on the side, and especially with the pandemic. Um, I've been making a little extra money doing DJing parties and stuff. And whenever I feel an urge, because lately I haven't been feeling the urge to podcast lately. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie about it. Um, I need to get back in that in on that wagon because I have a lot of stuff that I would like to talk about. Um, I just have to find the inspiration to get back on the mic and, and make it happen. Christian, loving mother, very strong-minded, hardworking, crazy, selfish, but that's everything that I love about her. That's what made me fall in love with her. She kind of reminds me of me. It was a typical marriage. We bump heads from time to time, but, you know, at the end of the day, I have her back. She have my back. That's pretty much what I asked for. So, Christian, yeah, that's my baby. Fatherhood, biggest challenge of my life, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. It has made me a better man, made me a better person. It's very, very hard work, especially when you're dealing with a teenage boy. That now he's smelling himself. He's starting to get into things that I can't really complain about because when I was his age, I was getting into those same things. I just try my best to let him know what's right and wrong. And he, he's a very good kid. He doesn't give me any problems. He's just going through that phase right now. So I kind of don't reprimand him on a lot of things i just talk to him and let him know why this may not be the best thing to do or why may why this may be the best thing to do in your situation he's getting to that age where he's starting to like girls and he want to go on dates with girls and stuff like that so his mom is panicking but i'm not so we good on that my six-year-old now that's a whole nother subject i got a long way to go with dylan is basically me and six years old when i say me he's his attitude his his demeanor. Dylan is very opinionated. Dylan gonna say what's on his mind. Dylan go to that school and Dylan just be talking and saying stuff that he shouldn't say. And uh, sometimes I be having to tell Dylan, you have to chill, bro. Him and his brother is like night and day. His brother is cool, calm, and collective. A latest man, Dylan is the person that want to go out there and start trouble. So I'm having a hard time with Dylan. But like I said, fatherhood is the best thing that's ever happened to me because it has changed my perspective on life and how I should be as a person. It's given me a chance to actually take on something that I feel like will be worth it at the end when I see both of my children grow up and be successful black men. The thing that I do just to stay sane with everything that's going on is, number one, lately I've been trying to stay off Facebook 
you know, I don't get on Facebook as much as I used to. There's so much that's going on. You can't really dodge it. It's enough that you hear it on the radio, you see it on the news, but then you get on Facebook and it, it kind of intensifies it. I'm more on Twitter because Twitter is, is more of a, a fun place. So that's why I get most of my entertainment from, you know, COVID was terrible. It's been a terrible year with the COVID. You know, I'm just following all the precautions that needed to be followed. The Black Lives Matter situations with, you know, the police brutality. Honestly, I don't want to sound make it seem like I don't care because I do care. But, you know, it feels like with the police brutality, honestly, this is something that I'm used to because this is something that's been going on for so long. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. So I'm not I'm not saying that I'm immune to it. But honestly, that it doesn't really bother me as much as you would think that it should bother me. It's very unfortunate. I don't want it to happen to nobody. But it's kind of like when I see it, it's, it's just like, damn, you know another one what i guess what i'm trying to say is i'm immune to it so it doesn't really bother me as much and like i said i don't want to sound insensitive but that's just really how i feel do i want it to stop absolutely the best piece of advice that i've been given which actually came from my father was just to be yourself do the right thing the first time um i always follow your first mind never second guess how you really feel about a certain situation and kind of like i mentioned earlier it's not to set expectations upon people my father, he's always given me good advice throughout my life. You know, even when we would bump heads, he, you know, I would always come out of this situation with some great advice that he has passed down to me that I try to pass down to my children. Overall, just whoever you are, never be afraid to be you. You're going to have people that's going to like you. You're going to have people that's not going to like you. You're going to have people that's going to say yes. You're going to have people that's going to say no. That's just, you know, a part of life. But never get discouraged. And you always follow your first mind and you always follow your heart. The food, the food in Port Arthur to this day, they have some amazing food, you know, the boudin to the burgers to the, the chicken wings. You know, Port Arthur is a small shotgun town, so it's nothing out there for us to do. There's no entertainment. Luckily, my wife, she lived in Port Arthur for like two years when we were in elementary, so she already knew what to expect. Because honestly, you know, I would never I love Port Arthur to death, but I would never bring someone not from Texas or that's familiar with Port Arthur to Port Arthur because I would be so embarrassed. But I would bring them out there for the food. So best thing about Port Arthur is the food. We definitely got some great food out there. The culture. I fell in love with Houston culture back then, listening to the DJ Screw Tapes. Of course, that's big in Houston. The nightlife, the food as well. Houston has some great food. When I moved out here from Port Arthur, when I was 18 years old, when I started college at TSU, even though Houston is only 90 miles away, and I've been in Houston periodically living in Port Arthur because my aunt lives in Houston. So when I would come visit, I would come stay out here for maybe like a weekend or so. But it's a difference than staying out here for a weekend and actually living out here and starting to experience all the things. I just opened up and it, it just went from there. The club scene, you know, like I said, the culture, the food. I just, I did not want to go back home. I think my mom was upset when I actually graduated college and they were expecting me to move back to Port Arthur. And I was like, oh, uh, no, I went, uh... Got me a job and I got me a deposit for an apartment and I'm staying out here. I'm an official Houstonian now. So, yeah, I love Houston. The only thing I hate is the traffic. <laughs> oh, man, my favorite song. It's so many. Okay, I can give you one of my favorite songs, D'Angelo Lady. It embodies the true essence of a black queen. I've always loved that song. You know, even when I was a kid, when that song would come on, I would tell my mom, cut the radio up. Um, I bought his album just for that one song. To this day, I still love that song. 112 Cupid is another one of my favorite songs. Believe it or not, I'm a big R&B head. I may look, you know, tough on my exterior. Like, oh, man, he listen to trap rap and all this stuff, which I do. 
But you give me some good R&B, I can name you a hundred of my favorite R&B songs. Cupid 112, D'Angelo Lady. I like a lot of Bobby Brown. Aaliyah, I love Aaliyah. Overall, I just love R&B music, period. So pretty much anything R&B, you're going to reel me in. I think I would want to be remembered just for being a standout person, or I try to be a standout person as much as I can. Being a person that holds no bar, but also has a loving heart and is very, um, how would you say, considerate to other folks and other folks' feelings. That took me a long time to actually accomplish, but now I feel like that I'm more of a people person than I was back then. You know, I don't want people to remember me as the old Mike, as the person that would curse you out in, in a matter of a second. I want people to remember me as, you know, Mike, he's crazy, but Mike is going to give you the shirt off his back. Mike is going to look out for you. Mike is going to take care of you. Mike is a good father to his kids. Mike is a good husband to his wife. Um, Mike was a good friend to me. I want to be remembered as someone that made a difference. Um, what's next for me is, honestly, I just have a plan to just keep pushing. You know, right now, I'm, I'm honestly winging it day to day. I know for sure that I'm going to be the best parent that I could be to my kids. Five years from now, I do see myself in a different position than I am now. I do work a regular nine to five job. Um, I do see myself moving up in that company. It's already um, being talks of me becoming um, one of the top supervisors of that company. This job that I have now, I really wasn't planning on making it a career, but I've only been there a year and I'm already moving up so fast. So. I don't want to throw that away yet. I kind of want to stick to that plan to see where it goes from there. Who knows? Maybe five years, I might be owning a company the way it's moving. So I just see myself in five years just being a better person than I am today and making sure that my kids and my family are in a better position. <laughs> Growing up, I've seen a lot of things. I've done a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. My story is not different from a lot of other guys. You know, I had teachers that would tell me, you're not going to graduate high school, or if you do graduate high school, you won't make it out of Port Arthur and all this other crazy crap. I made it a goal. I made it a promise to my father. Because my father wanted so much better for me for the things that he'd been through in life. I made it a promise to him that I would graduate college. That actually came into fruition. took me a little longer than what I expected, maybe like a year and a half longer. But I did it. To me, other than having my kids, that probably was one of my biggest accomplishments that I felt the most proud in my life, that I actually was able to walk that stage and get that bachelor's degree.